0: The Gemara and Baba on the Fain Gimamud base. After telling us a number of the stories around Baba Archana, which, as we learned from the Vilnagon, are coming to teach us various principles in the Vedas and Midas. the then goes on to tell us a number of stories about Eliyahu and And it's the category in its own. Which, by the Shem, let's try and understand together what the stories allude to and what the message is meant to be. The Gemara talks about stories when Nabi Barakhanah was traveling in the desert and he met Ahut Tayah. A Tayah is literally a uh, desert dweller, maybe some kind of a Bedouin of today. And I Rashi says, uh, Arab, so to speak, person that lived in the deserts. But we know the tell us that Chazal referred to the Tayo It's really a reference to Eliyahu Anobi. As we know, Eliyahu Anobi can assume different appearances and therefore he was taking to show him various things that he could see in the Midbar so then he would adopt the style of dress of Someone who lived in the midbar, and therefore it wasn't some random Arab. When the Gemara is referring to, it talks about the Taniyot, it's referring to Eliyahu Novi. So what, what are the voyages that Rabbi Berachana took? With, what are the Eliyahu So the Gemara says, "I'm a Rabbi Berachana." al One time, I was in the We were traveling in the desert. The Taya was joined us, and what happened? He would be able to take this, the the sand and smear it. Based on smearing the sand, you would be able to tell us which direction different places were. This is the way to here. This is the way to there. We asked him a question. Maybe he could be able to smell in the sand, so to speak, the destination that that direction would lead to. But they asked him also, can you tell by smelling the sand how far away we are from the water? Give me the sand. We gave him sand. You are eight parishes away from water. Another time we tried him out again. He the the You three parsi for water. After we tried to change it around. We couldn't add it. In other words, he's always able to tell us accurately where they were and how distant they were from water. And what's the understanding of the story? And why did the lion have to teach them? So the is like this. The first, so to speak, job that Eliyahu has is to be the herald to announce that Mashiach is coming. The like Gemara says that three days before Mashiach comes, Eliyahu will come to tell us, to make known that Mashiach is on the way. And Therefore, Eliyahu is given the privilege to be the one to foretell the coming of Mashiach. And now the question is, the Mashiach comes when Klai Yisrael deserve Him. There isn't necessarily a specific amount of time to wait, like there was by other Goddess him, when it comes to this goddess, So Mashiach will come when we deserve Him. It's a famous story that the Gemara Salaam, Mishra bin Levi, asked the Navi, When's Mashiach coming? So Mashiach says today. and the day passed; and He never came. And Mashiach qualifies, Hayyoyim means Hayyoyim B'kohelet Tishmo. The Passover says today, means today if you listen to Hashem. So Mashiach's coming is up to us. And if that's the case, there's the Keshman in Shemayim always where Klai Yisrael is holding. Because as Klai Yisrael improves, so then Mashiach, so to speak, gets closer. Because we're more raw, we're more deserving, and there's more of a possibility that we'll be merit to bring Mashiach. And if Klai Yisrael Le-Aleinu, go wrong and do more averus, so then Mashiach's coming becomes more distant. Because Klai Yisrael have fallen further from the point they need to reach in order to be able to greet Mashiach. And that's the implication of what they were asking, or not. They asked him, How far are we from the water? The water is a symbol of the girl of the salvation. And the question they asked to was, How distant is it from us? And we would be able to say, you this distant, you that distant. And that kept changing. Because depending on what Kali Yisrael are doing, and depending on what Kali Yisrael are holding, is going to determine how far away we are from the girl. That's something that he tell us. He knows, so to speak, the scales in Shemayim, where they're holding, and therefore right now, how distant we are from the level we need to be in order for Mashiach to come. But this isn't a contradiction to the Gemara which says that only Hashem knows when Mashiach is coming. Because even if Eliyahu can see right now where things are holding, and if we're near to Mashiach or far from Mashiach, that doesn't necessarily mean that things won't change. Klai Yishol could have been many times, at stages where they were very close to Mashiach. But for whatever reason, someone did something wrong, and they lost the opportunity. And even in times in Klai Yisrael, are very far from Mashiach. There's a possibility of Klai Yisrael doing tshuva, and that could all change as well. And therefore, we can be given an update of where Klai Yisrael's position is right now. But like I said, only HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows when it's actually going to be that Mashiach comes. So that's the first story, what the Chacham asked Eliyahu, you're the one who's going to foretell Mashiach. Tell us, how far are we from the water? And say, Eliyahu, we, 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 every time they asked, Eliyahu could tell them how distant or how close they were. And he was right. He knew the balance in Shemaim of where Klai Yisrael collectively were holding. The first part of the story, smelling the dust and saying where direction it's going. That's also a reference to Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael, in the state of the galus, in the state of the the, the loan point, so to speak, the Klai Yisrael can reach, so consider the dust. Mi, Mano, Afar, Yaakov. Klai Yisrael is considered the dust. And what Ya'ul could also tell us is by smelling the dust, where it's reaching. In other words, which direction clay Yisrael is going? It's the or it's a plan. the 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 journey we're going, where's it going to bring us to? Is it going to Makaravas to the Goyle or is it going to take us further away? So that's the first story of Eliyahu, Eliyahu acting in the capacity of the navi entrusted with the responsibility of announcing the coming of a sheikh. Now the second story, So we said he said to us. In the and I'll show you the door of the midbar who died. I'll show you the bodies of the generation that died in the desert. Azil, I went. Chazisina, we saw them. The commanded to They looked like they were sleeping happily. The they were lying on their backs. One of them was lying on his back in a way that his knee was upraised. So there was an opening between, so to speak, the ground and his knee, which was which is so to speak upwards, and the tyre went underneath his knee But while riding a camel, the with his spear up, outstretched, upraised, below nagabe. He wouldn't touch him. In other words, the people of Midbar must have been so big that even this area between a person's knee and the ground, if he'd bend his knee up when he was lying down, was higher than the height of a camel rider the African sphere. So Rabbi Baha says, Paski <laughs> I cut the corners of one of the cities. And I couldn't move. Amali. So the taily says to him, maybe you took something from them. And if that's the okay, case, so had to give it back. The Gamiri, because we've learned the demand the shakel Miliriu somebody who takes something from one of the people of the midbar no, mistake Gila, you can't move So have a hand that says, I gave it back. Well, how do I mistake it out? It's I could move Yes, I look how my drop on on Rabbi ever says when I came to have a and I told him the story I'm really they responded harshly. They said call Abba Hamra Bob I ever had a sister lab whose name was Abba is like a donkey and Barbara Hannah another happens to me as a fool because the my help of the soccer why did you cut off the corner of the baggage? Did you not want it a souvenir? That wasn't the reason. And what? We have a machlakus about tetis. Are there three things, three strings on every corner or four strings? And how many knots are there meant to be? It's two. And therefore, why did you cut off the corner of the tetis to bring back and show us? And if that's the case, you didn't have to take it. You could have just looked. We could have just counted the strings and the Chorazin told us. And then we would have known without you having to have, to have taken it, which you weren't allowed to do. But or, didn't count them. He just took the strings. And he was forced to give back the strings. So he came back without the knowledge of what the Heser did. And what's the meaning of this story? So this is the second function that Liya Navi has. And we see this many times throughout the Shas that after a discussion between Tanaim or an argument between Akronim and a certain halacha so they would ask Aliya Novi what's happening in Shemaim? for example the Gemara says in the beginning of the plan the that there was an argument between Rav Yenison and Elav and afterwards one of them met Aliya wa Novi and he asked him what's happening in Shemaim right now and Elah says Al-Qadish Baruch Hu is saying this is what Yenison learns and this is what Yenison learns one the famous argument between Rebiliyaz and other Chachamim about the And then again, they asked the and Novi authors, what was Hashem saying at that time? So we see that one of the functions of Eliyahu was when the Chachamim were learning. And they wanted to know, were they learning right or were they learning wrong? So who are they going to ask? They to ask and Novi. And if that's the case, it's an obvious question, and that is so many of the machlekosim between the tanoim are because, like grandmam says, we lost the mesora of what the ders before that did, and now we have to try to work it out, and we don't know. And if that's the case, let's ask a very basic question, and that is, instead of asking Leo, I know, you tell me What's the Kodesh Baruch learning right now? Why aren't we just asking? Tell me Leo. What are the Doris used to do before it? The Dorah of Midbar, the Dorah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Did they hold like B'shamah the Did they hold like Rabbi, Rabbi Huda? Because if we would know what they did, then we would have no questions. We have a Masara. So why can't we ask Aliyah and Navi what the Masara was? And it would save us all the arguments about in the in clarity of not knowing what was done and the which results from that. If we haven't accessed to somebody who was aware of what was done in previous tariffs, let's ask him. Why didn't they do that? So that's the use of the story over here. Rabbi Markhanah goes to see the Mesa Midbar. And he wants to take the atitis to be able to prove the halacha. And what happens is he's unable to move. And then Yahweh tells him, if you're going to take something from Mesa Midbar, you won't be able to move. You'll have to give it back. And the principle is, exactly this is said. Why can't we find out the halakha from the Mesa from the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu? Why can't we be told by the Navi what they used to do back then? If we can ask what HaKadosh Baruch learning, and we can ask other things in Shemaim, so we can ask historically what Kaishal used to do. And the answer is, we can't move from there. In other words, we're not allowed to take information the Darah midbar. And the reason for that is because that would undo the whole principle of Torah Shabalpeh. The whole principle of Torah Peh rests on the fact that Chachm Yisrael have to decide, and based on the decide, that's what the Torah is going to be. And if you're going to use Eliyahu HaNovi to tell us what was done, even if that's not the opinion of the majority of the Chachamim, and then we'll fail that we, have, we know what to do because of our knowledge of what was done in the past, then that's basically... Undermining the, the authority of Chachamim, because then we can say that even if the robe based on you know, the Sanhedrin, in this star passed from a certain way, but we know that in a previous time the midbar did not act. and therefore, the says you can't take something from here. You can't go back to door midbar and take something to teach us halacha today. It's not something that the Yosef tells us. It's not something we can take, because that would, like we said, undermine the Kayak of Chachamim to be mechriyah halacha. And that's why even though Rabbi Machana wanted was to learn a halakha, How many titas are meant to be in the titas? How many strings? How many nuts? But once that's in the makhlukus then we have to pass them based on the b'shamin We're not allowed to use knowledge of the Torah Midbar to answer the question. And that was the second lesson that taught. That Eliyahu was allowed to tell us what happens in Jermayim. Reveal things to us. But he's not allowed to reveal to us how how role passed in the previous days. Because uh, lebe, it's an element also of Levish and The Pesach has to come from the understanding of the Chachomim today. Let's get to the third story. The Gemara says, Amali, and Yahweh told me, I'll show you Harsinai. Asli, we went, Chazayidahadrabeh there were scorpions surrounding Hasinai. And they were big as white donkeys. The significance of a white donkey, the Gemara says in Churim, that a bite from a white donkey doesn't heal. And therefore something which is, uh, so let speak, incurable. So these scorpions weren't just scorpions. They were scorpions who wouldn't, if they were bats, you wouldn't be able to cure the bite. So that was they that were surrounding Hasinai. And Shemati Baskel Shemeres, and when I was there, I heard a baskal. The baskal says, "Oli that I made a shvur, ve'abshom shenishpati mi'mayfredi." And now that I've made a shvur, who can annul my shvur? So he told her about the story too. He has the same dragban. They said to me, "Omri, um, really, call Abba Chama, call Baruch Hanasichsla." You, again, you're a fool, because if you heard Hashem say, "Who can annul my shvur?" Then he, you should have understood that Hashem is indirectly asking you to be the one to annul so why didn't you know the Shwur? So why didn't Rabbah Barakhanah do that? The Rav says only that I made a Shwur not to destroy the world at the time of the Mabul. And who would undo my Shwur that I'd be able to destroy the world? And therefore for Rabbi Barakhanah to say I'll annul the Shwur is not very clever because that will cause a destruction. So why didn't Rabbah think like that? Rabban Barakhanah inka in if that's the case, so then why are you saying, why would Hashem say Oili? In other words, Hashem might say that I'm bound by the Shvuah that I made not to destroy the world, but Hashem wouldn't be unhappy about that. Hashem doesn't want to destroy the world. So what is the Shvuah? And what's the Prophet Gemara talking about? So again, we have another Gemara which tells us the same principle, also about Talewa The Gemara says right at the beginning of Brachus, that one time Rabbi Yehsi ben went to Davin in one of the ruins of Yushalaim. And the Leo came to him. And the Leo said, You shouldn't have him in the road. But when you were there, what did you hear? And he says, I heard a baskel. And the baskel was saying, Oili, that I was much I was magali, I was in, uh, exiled, my children. And the word to the father, whose children are exiled from his table. And the Leo tells him, You should know, he makes a shvur, you should know that it's not just this one time you heard it, but it's on a daily basis. It's the baskel that goes out and says, Oili. And I made a shvur, Now, I was to put Kaddish Kaddish on to Godus. And Kaddish Baruch so to speak, regret that shvur. And the second baskul also. The second baskul is, we go to in Kirch that in every day there's a basket which goes out from Harsina, called Har and that is Olem Nebriz Melboi Ne Shaltar. Olem Nebris, woe to the people. That they disgrace the Torah. What's the disgrace of the Torah? That they're able to learn and they don't. It means they don't show value. They don't realize how important and how valuable the Torah is. And they're willing to waste the time which could have been spent learning. It shows that they don't understand the importance of what learning Torah is about. So what's the point of Eliyahu and Novi showing the Torah What's the idea of the scorpions around Hasili? So let's explain. That with the introduction of another principle of what a Yohanavi is meant to do. We know that very often there's a question the Gemara has, and the Gemara says Teiku. We don't have a proof, we don't have a clear conclusion. And it's well known, the Teiku is also the abbreviation, that Tishmi Yathayas Khrusha that Novi is going to be the one to resolve these questions. In other words, Eliyahu Novi has another job also. And Eliyahu Novi's job is to resolve questions to us in Torah. To explain to us things we don't understand. And it's not just in the future that it will apply to those things the Gemara leaves unresolved. It's do that throughout different periods in history, Eliyahu came to different saddikim who deserved it to teach them Torah. And that was another job Eliyahu has to teach Torah. We you know the Rizal. Rizal, everything he learned to learn from Eliyahu Anabi. We know by other tzaddikim that they used to learn with Eliyahu Novi, the Rashash, the Khasim Saifa, just to name two, but there are many others also. Not only that, in terms of Eliyahu, Eliyahu Anabi says himself, there isn't a single door that I don't come here to teach. And therefore, there will be many Chachamim, at least one in every door, who is able to learn Torah from Eliyahu HaNovi. But now here's the question. How does a person deserve that? What makes a person worthy of having a Leo and not becoming a teacher? So that's the aside of the Gemara here. The Gemara here is telling us where Leo says the principle of what enables him to come and teach someone Torah. And the basic principle is that it's only when a person has exerted himself to the utmost that he's able, then Ki'ilah helps him learn, and one of the ways Hashem does that is by sending a Yahweh to teach him. And that's the Yusuf. He wanted to see Har There's a, like you know, the know, the the giving of the Torah, originally was at Sinai, but the Koyach of transmitting Torah still comes from Sinai. And that's why the Gemara says about Chachamim, who learned on a deeper level, understood a new idea. It was as if this had just been given from the From Rasinah is a source of where Hashem stands, Torah. And even today, a new level, a new understanding of Torah, it really comes down from Rasinah. And therefore, Rabbi Akhana wants to see, be able to connect to a higher level of Torah. I take me to Show me the Torah I don't yet do know. But he gets to Sinai and he sees that it's surrounded by scorpions. In other words, the approach is blocked. And he says, "There's a basket every day which comes out of Har And what's the point of the basket? The already said in the Mishnah that the reason why there's a baskol from Har of Oyelim Lebris is because Hakadosh Baruch comes to Har to distribute Torah, to teach Torah, and he sees that no one's looking to learn. And therefore, what originally began as HaKadosh Baruch Hu's expression of love to come to teach us Torah turns into disillusionment, or an embrace, that no one appreciated the Torah enough. No one was willing to learn enough that they were there and available to learn the Torah Hashem wanted to teach them. And it's the same thing about the the about the khurban. Every time when HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have, so to speak, Come to the base of Migdash to bestow blessing on Klay Yisrael, to become closer to them, to give them bracha. But now there's no base of Migdash, and therefore Klay Yisrael aren't able to receive that. So then that goodwill and that sense of that rotson to bless Klay Yisrael turns into disappointment. And that's what Renya Allah will be showing him. That you want to be given Torah Misinai you first not have to be in the category of someone who is able to receive from sinai. If there's a basketball about you that oil and the bris, no bani that you're not showing the due respect to the Torah, because you're not learning Torah with enough dedication, with enough commitment, with enough asmoda, so then there isn't that rotten to teach Torah. It turns into an expression of oily. And therefore, in a case like that, the yo can't teach and Yahweh can teach when a person deserves to be taught. And that's when a person's put his entire effort and energy and focus and mind into Torah. So then then, it, then he deserves that Hashem will give him to Yad to learn more Torah. And if that means sending the Yahweh to teach him, that's what's going to happen. But before that, if a person's not holding by that, and there's still the basketball saying about them, that you're not learning properly, then a person is prevented from learning new Torah from Rasulullah. It's like there are scorpions around it. And in cases like that, a person thinks, I understand, like, why doesn't Eliyahu come and teach everybody Torah? The answer is, only, Eliyahu only comes from a person who already deserves that Eliyahu would come. That's the first part of the story. The second part was, the Chachamist said, why don't you and remember, Machan Siddi was talking about the, the Shvur, Hashem made not to destroy the world. You must understand that's another point from the same source. Now, Hashem doesn't want to destroy the world. Hashem wants to give brocha to the world. Hashem wants to bestow plenty on the world. when he comes to the world and he sees the world completely undeserving, so then there also, that rots him to bless. And become in the world turns into an expression of disillusionment, of disappointment. And therefore Rabbi Kham understood that that part of that same level of oily that Hashem said, I made a was because He understood that the world doesn't deserve, so to speak, the brach Hashem wanted to give it. Except since it's a shvah not to destroy the world, Hashem wasn't doing it. So that's the third uh, story of Eliyahu Anabi. But well, argued. And Qum said, Hashem wouldn't say oily about that. It might be true that the world doesn't deserve. It, and that the only thing which the world is prevented from, the, from being destroyed is Hashem's Shu'a. Hashem wouldn't say oily about that. It's only about something Hashem wants to do. Such as, he wants to build, wants us to have the best of me that Shaykh can give us. or he wants to give us Torah. He wants us to be appreciative enough of the Torah to deserve that. And then Hashem would say early that I can't give what I wanted to give. When it comes to Hashem saying that, I would destroy the world because I don't deserve it, if the Shavu is preventing the Hashem wouldn't say, oh yeah, about that. But the main part of the story, what Leliyahu is showing is, when is he allowed to come and teach his Torah, and when is he allowed to come and teach his Torah? Now we get to the fourth story. I will show you the people who were swallowed in the time of Karach's rebellion. I saw two holes in the ground which ash smoke was coming out of. He took a piece of wool. He wet it. As you know, wet wool doesn't burn easily. He stuck it onto the end of his spear. He pushed it down these two holes. When he took it out, it was completely singed. Which means there was a fire hot enough to burn wet wool. Amali, Eliyahu says to Rabbi Rahana, Listen to what you can hear. You heard him saying, Which means Karach and his people, they were the lies. Amali, Every 30 days they brought back here again, just like meat in a frying pan which is turned around again and again. Same thing, the Anche. The Kharach who rebelled against Moshe, are stalling Gehinnim and they say army As we you know a person is a level of a kofer who as long as Gehinnim exists for the duration of the Azeh, they're in Gehinnim. And they remain remaining Gehinn, they remain being punished. And the kidish of is that they know they're being punished and they do chuva they realized what they did wrong. They were wrong to criticize Moshe of making up the Torah, of falsifying his Nevor, and therefore the Chubb for them is Moshe of Amis again and again, to accept that Moshe was true and they were the ones who lied. And why is this important to us? Why is this something that Eliyahu has to tell us? And this brings us to the fourth job of Eliyahu Anabi. And that is to bring people back to Chubb. Eliyahu is given the job by Hashem of bringing people back to to reconnect. It doesn't just mean between families, fathers, and sons, it also means between Hashem and Ta'ishra. Eliyahu is going to be a catalyst for children. And for people who are alive, So there's one process of shiva, there's one process of shiva and that is how to bring people to regret what they did wrong and how to change. What about people who already died and already died in the middle of doing an averu? Like the people of Korach who died so to speak claiming that Moshe was wrong and that they were correct. They didn't do shiva before they died. And if that's the case, how can there be a shiva for them after they're already dead? Because if a person has to decide to do shiva, the that's limited to him with his being alive in Olamazah. So that's what Eliyahu came to show him. Eliyahu came to show him that even after a person dies, and even in the middle of being punished, that itself, a person does shiva. It's not a shiver which can save them from punishment only a chiver person dies when he's alive will save him from punishment, but through the punishment it, there's also a chiva process. There's also a realization of what a person did wrong and a declaration of Moshe Amos and therefore the lasted lover, they too can be re- revived and understand, so to speak, they'll no longer hold of their rebellion. They also understand and reconcile with Moshe that he was right. And the Yasai, like Gemara, says, in Shoshana, that there's some Rishayim who need a shorter term in Gehenim, there's some who are there until the end of the world. But Gehenim is not just a punishment, it's also a part of a chiva process that brings the person suffering to realize what he did wrong. And once again, this is a message from Eliya novi because Eliyahu was given that tafkit of being involved in bringing Klai Shroel to children. And the last story. Ramani um, says to me, I'm going to show you where the Shemaim and the Oretz meet. The Grand Barakia, the sky, adored with each other. He says, Says Rabbi Berchana, Shakalta li sylta. I took my basket, et nachto we covered the I put it in a window in the sky. And then I left it and I went to daven. Adam atzlin after I davened, ba'isa I went to look for it. Toleishkach, Ashkachis. I couldn't find it. Amen leh. So I said to Lya, Oika ganvihach. There must be a ganim here. Someone stole my basket. Amalei, so Lya says to me, Haygal gadad the rakia who da hoda. It's the sphere of the sky which is turning. And therefore, wait until the same time tomorrow. You'll find it. So in this story, we already have an explanation from the Vilna And he says, that will come to show him another point here. And that is, and again, I'm going to add, this is one of the jobs that Liyaw Novi has. If we look throughout the story of Liyaw, Eliyah is often used as the emissary to help people in distress. Whether it's to save them from punishment of whoever trying to harm them. Whether it's to give them money to save them from poverty. Eliyahu was often an emissary to save people from their tars. And this is the next point which is teaching ar And that is, how does a person zaykhah to get more from Shemayim? A person has a certain amount, he doesn't have enough. Whether it's Yad whether it's money, whether it's Tatzlach, or whatever it might be. How does a person, so to speak, get more from Shemaya? So that's what he brings him to, the place where Shemaya v'aretz meets. In other words, the source of Shekhar, what comes down to this world. And Rabbi said, I wanted more. I took my basket, and I put it in one of the kaveri. The kaveri is a window. One of the channels through which things come down from Shemaya V'oretz, I put my basket there, figuratively. I wanted to get more. And I went to Davin. Because we understand that a, a prerequisite to receiving something from Shemayim to Davin. So Abraham goes to Davin for whatever he's, he wants an increase of. But he says, when I came back, I saw my basket wasn't there anymore. In other words, I never got more. And I said, there must be a love him here. The God explains there are certain averis that prevent a person being given more from shemayim. If you're talking about money, for example, so one of the averis which prevents a person being given more money from shemayim is the fact that he's stolen. The Gemariah compares it that stolen money in one's possession is like something which kind of works to cause the in all his possessions. Which means if a person is stolen, then they don't deserve to be given more. The rabbi Khandel says, the way the village explains it, there must be ghanobim here. There must be something I've done wrong, which is my atfilo wasn't answered, and why I wasn't given extra. And then he also teaches me big yourself. And he says, it's not, it's no one stole your basket. It's just the sphere of shemaim time. What does this mean? And this is an important principle of favoring know, And that is, a person thinks, I'm going to daven, I'm going to accumulate shusim, I'm going to make sure I'm not doing anything wrong that would work to prevent me getting more from Shemayim and then I'm good to go. Then I'm guaranteed Hashem will give me. And the Leo's teaching was not true. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a Mahalach how He's running the world also. And therefore, it could be from the person's perspective He's done everything He needs to do. But, Hashem is a Cheshbon of how He's running the world of how He wants things to happen. And when He wants things to happen. And therefore, Leo's answer to Barabbachana was wait. You have to wait for the sphere of Shemayim to turn. Because when it turns, when the time is right, Hashem will give you. You can't be the v'sha. You can't force Hashem to do something when He doesn't want to, because there's a cheshmer in Shemaim which is more than just if a person deserves or doesn't deserve if they asked, or they didn't ask, if they're right for it, or they're not right for it. And therefore, even if a person did ask, and even if a person is technically deserving, we has to understand that Shem is a kheshman also of when He wants things to happen. And so in the side, an amazing idea I heard from somebody during the Shiva of Rabbi Yashiv. Kiyadur, Rabbi Yashiv lived to the age of 102 103. He died in Tavshin Ayin Ves. And for the last 10 years of his life, from Tavshin Samach Ves to Tavshin Ves, after Rav Shach died in Tavshin Samach Ves, Yashiv was the god Ladar. He ran Clay Yisrael. He made all the decisions on behalf of Klai Yisrael. Until, so, like I said, he died in Dachshin at the age of 103, I think it was. It's known that Rav was an only child. And not only that, he was only born after his parents had waited more than 10 years from when they married. And the story goes that Rav mother was the daughter of the famous Makubul And many times, she came to ask him for a bracha for children. And he was pushed it off. And one time, she came crying, she can't take it anymore, it's too much. She's insisting that she's not moving until her father gives her a bracha. At that stage of her, tough, I'll give you a bracha, next year I'll have a baby. And the next year, Rabbi Yosha was born was was the only child. And it was pointed out. I don't know what spiritual kachos the had. But imagine if they would have been given that child 10 years earlier. Just when they married. It means when Hashem would have been born 10 years earlier. He would have lived the same 103 years as Hashem al him, Tim. And would have died exactly the same time as Roshach. Which means he would have never had the opportunity to be the God. And even though his parents a century earlier couldn't see that. Rakhadosh Baruch waited. Because that way, that way there would be more time for Rabbi Yashiv to live after Rav Shach was nifta, and that would give him the opportunity to have those years when he would be the god Lada. And that's the I was saying. A person can deserve and a person can try. You have to let the Hashem run the world with his system. The Galgal of Shammai, which means Hashem is running the world, that's, Hashem decides when it's right for something to happen. Even if it's deserved. Hashem knows the chesh of when's the right time to give as well. And therefore, we have five stories of Eliyahu and Novi. Like we said, there are five different responsibilities, privileges maybe, Eliyahu and Novi has. The one is to herald Mashiach. The second one is to teach us Torah, to make known what's happening in Shemaim. The fourth one is to bring about Shiva. And the fifth one is, even here in this world, he sent us a missionary to help people in distress. And in each of these capacities, Eliyahu teaches us a lesson. He teaches us firstly, that there's a balance in Shemayim of how distant to our coast Mashiach is, and that keeps changing based on the way Allah holding. He teaches us that whereas we can find what's happening in Shemayim, we're not allowed to ask about what was done in the time of the Dara Midbar, the previous star That will undermine the authority of the person of the Dora after the Sahara Lakh. He teaches us that someone can only expect to be given a Khaverzot to be taught Torah by if he's learning Torah to the maximum that he can. But if there's a baskel from Khayret, which is saying, Oyli, people aren't treating the Torah with a sufficient respect. So then it prevents people learning more from her. He teaches us that the process of chiva isn't just when a person's alive. Even after a person died, the punishment of Gehinnom is also a chiva process. And lastly, he teaches us that it's true the becomes becomes comes in sense as an agent to help people in distress. We can't always force this in salvation. We can daven, we can make sure we're not doing anything wrong, we can deserve it, but we also have to wait because Hashem is His cheshpun of how He runs around the world. These are the travels of Eliyahu and Navi, and these are the lessons that Eliyahu and Navi wanted us to learn.